That's what we're seeing with college football. We're seeing universities and university presidents and conferences being like, what will get us the most money, not what's good for this sport. And uh, I, we, I, we'll see. I hope I'm a Cassandra on this. And in 20 years, we're like, when we were so worried about that, mm-hmm. it turned out great. I hope that's the case. Uh, but if I were Kansas State, Iowa State, um, North Carolina State, mm-hmm. Oregon State, or Washington State, I'd be really, really worried. What's up, Georgia football fans? A lot has happened in college football since our last show at the end of May. The Big Ten has expanded all the way to the West Coast. Arch Manning, who many UGA fans felt would be committing to play his ball in Athens, chose Austin instead. And the mood of Georgia fans has shifted from a national championship-induced eternal happiness, everything is awesome, spring and summer mentality, to, wait a minute, we're just a handful of weeks away from the season opener, so let's go out and defend our title type of mood. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 307 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, Will Leach. As for Tony, he was not able to be physically present for this episode, but he provided perhaps the most memorable five minutes of this entire show and you'll hear his ode to the 2022 season at the beginning of this episode will and i we sit down and discuss what this new era of college football expansion means we jump into a little bit of sec media days and a few things that coach smart said but we'll wait for tony to get back in a few weeks before we start doing our deep dive into the x's and o's of the 2022 season But stay tuned for NCAA, NFL, and MLB uniform talk. I'm pretty excited about that. But the big announcement that we have on the show is that we've got a new podcast sponsor, and we're pretty excited about it, which we will reveal who that is. Well, who and what company, yes, what company that is during this episode. Thanks for tuning us in today. Let's get started with the Season 8 premiere. Testing. Testing. I'm not sure I know how to work these microphones anymore. It's been okay. so long. How do I sound? You sound dulcet. Oh, I sound very dulcet. That was, a, that was a term that I learned in season one. Yeah, the dulcet tones. So, Will, welcome to season eight of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Can you believe... Uh, it gives me a... It's hard for me to figure this out because we started in 2015, and if you do 2022 minus 2015, that's seven years. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you're a baby... Even though you turn one, yeah. you've been around for a, that first year. It's why I, whenever someone hits like a round number age, I always like to remind them they are starting the decade of the one after that. Correct. When someone turns 40, I'm like, oh, you're starting your fifth decade. That's a great way to make them feel bad about something they already feel bad about, which is uh, really one of, one of my goals as a human is <laughs> to be able to bring me all that. We apologize for not having, obviously it's been a while. There are a few reasons for that. Some of it's scheduling. Some of it, we were all set to do a show and someone who has two thumbs and got COVID that week. This guy, this guy got it that week. Right around that time where, every, where everyone, a lot of people that had not gotten it, right. we're getting, I know there's another surge now. One thing I can confirm now, I was, I, I wouldn't, I have a, uh, I got a massage today. I'm back oh, to be able to do that. I have did. a regular massage person. Got, was that before or after I saw you running? That was after. Okay. After. I, I needed saw after the running. running in five points. Today. And um, uh, Crystal Elliott, I cannot recommend her enough. She always wins the flagpole award for, for her. She's absolutely great. But she had also recently had, had COVID around the same time. I did about two months ago and she had been very insistent about 
people wearing masks during massage, which is, of course, totally understandable. And she no longer is, yeah. and because she's had it. And it was yeah. funny. Uh, we were we were talking. We were talking, and I said, uh, I said, yeah. So, like, I guess I feel weird saying this, but now that I know that you're okay. Congratulations on getting COVID. You've got it over with now. And not again, we all don't know how reinfections can go. I don't mean to be too flippant about it, but there's a certain level of, uh, of uh, oh, uh, like I know cases are up right now, but as someone that recently had COVID, <laughs> like, I, please, everyone get vaccinated, do your things, but like, you know, good luck with that. I yeah. hope everyone's all right. But I, I don't worry about that for a while. So uh, I was okay. Some people had it hard, harder than others. I, I was sick for one night, then I was fine. But we were supposed to do a show for uh, during that, but instead I watched Severin. Yes, uh, we were that talking time. about that. Yes. That is a show that will, or I've finished. My uh, my son is watching, it, or both my boys are watching it. And they're we're on episode four, but uh, I got to tell you, well, it, it, it when I binge watched Severance uh, last weekend, the episodes five through nine after I'd started it, I it gave the the last couple episodes gave me the feeling that I had not felt watching a series since the first ser- season of Lost. Yeah, it's, it's got it's definitely got that kind of Lost vibe yeah. a little bit. I think it's a I think it's ultimately a little better than Lost because I think Absolutely. It's, it's learned some of the lessons of Lost yeah. that you have to like pay stuff off and you can't like push it off forever. Uh, but yeah, and also I argue it's generally a, probably a little better acted than Lost is. Um, but uh, uh, Walt. Walt. Yeah, that guy looks uh, a bit old. Uh, but no, if it's a Harold Penero, who's a perfect actor. Anyway, the point is, is that um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So that was so. Uh, Severance was my was my COVID show, but we missed a show during that. And now here today, Tony's not here. Tony Tony's is not, not here. Tony's in Portland, Maine. Yes, the Portland you don't think about when you hear Portland, but it's a terrific place. Sure, if you get a chance to nice. go to Maine, it's awesome. I've been to Bar Harbor, or as I think yeah. they say, Bahaba. Bahaba. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah. So Tony will be back. Although you know what. Tony did send a, uh, a soliloquy. I, he I, that's entitled it Soliloquy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how we can start off this show because mm-hmm. it really is one of the, it's a perfect jumping off point to. Because we have a lot to discuss. A lot's happened. A lot's happened. And, you know, Tony ins- basically insisted that this was the beginning of season eight. Which, which I, I understand. It's almost August. I mean, you and I probably would have kicked the can down the road a little, maybe one or two more. I feel because- like it's when you officially start previewing the season. But I would argue this is kind of that, right? It is, because I think we're ready. And yeah. actually, I've said too much already. Okay. So I'm going to let. I've, I've heard this, but I'm going to let you and the listeners hear Tony's thoughts on the Georgia. 2022 season. Hello, dog fans. This is Tony Waller. I'm sorry I couldn't be with the gents this week as we record our season premiere episode. Work obligations have me in Portland, Maine all week, and while they're recording the episode, I'm likely eating fresh lobster because lobster in coastal Maine is like catfish in southeast Georgia. So last Friday, for the first time since January the 10th, I woke up for the excited about the possibility of football to be played. It took me 186 days for my mind to be ready for the Bulldogs to go from reigning national champions to defending their national championship. We've talked about it before on the podcast, but this has been the most chill offseason I've experienced in probably 20 years, and certainly since I had newborns in snow until late October during my time in central Illinois. I paid less attention to transfers, coaching changes, position battles, injuries, recruiting, which is actually saying something, the schedule and how Georgia's 2022 opponents are managing more than I ever have. I've taken my friend and lifetime Alabama fan Matt Adair's advice and just savored winning the national championship. In the end, that banner and flapping in the breeze really did tune it all out. As a fan, I get to do that. You know why? 
Kirby Smart and his staff have been paying attention to transfers, coaching changes, position battles, recruiting, and how Georgia's opponents are managing in a world where we are the top of the sport. And I trust that dude and his staff to do just that. Meanwhile, since I wasn't freaking out all spring about things, Southern Cal and UCLA joined the Big Ten. As an aside, Will, congrats. The Rose Bowl doesn't have to be on January 1st anymore. Hugh Freeze has done Hugh Freeze stuff. I'm told Georgia has no depth at, you know, fill in the blank, depending on the angle the writer is using to convince themselves or their readers why Florida or Tennessee should be a favorite to win the East or Georgia won't seriously threaten the playoffs this season. Kirby now has to win a national championship on coaching, not recruiting, for Georgia to be legit. And we've also come to find out that Stetson was just a walk-on. Hey, at least I didn't miss the That Y'all Life video drop and delete from the SEC. So there's that. Now, where does that leave me as a Georgia fan? Man, I'm ready. I still don't have a solid idea who the newcomers are on Georgia's roster, but I feel comfortable in saying that Malachi Starks and Michael Williams will be two true freshmen we'll see a lot of this season. The East looks winnable. I'll believe the Tennessee-Florida-South Carolina Renaissance talk when I see it. Reverend Harson may not make it to the UGA game, which is saying something because that game's in October now. But I also think Auburn could be 5-0 and going to that game because, you know, it's Auburn. I don't know who's going to play quarterback beyond the first series against Oregon. But I believe in the quarterback that's done something that no other active quarterback has done. Led his team from behind on two fourth-quarter touchdown drives in the national championship game. I think at this point I'm obligated to point out that Alabama had their two starting wide receivers out, if you haven't heard. Y'all, it's late July. The Braves are much closer to the top of the division than they were the last time this year. SEC media days are happening, and we are a couple of weeks from actual real football practices. I'm not quite ready to let go of the feeling of winning it all, but I am excited about our national champions and seeing them on the field to go win another one. I recently did something I almost never do. I re-listened to our championship preview the instant analysis from Indianapolis, and our post-championship game podcast. The change in emotional mindset in all three of us is stark. I also took the time and would encourage you to do so watching Scott's video of his night watching the game that finished with him opening his 1980 Coke and drinking it. Watching that and thinking about the change in emotional mindset really helped me understand why I haven't been ready for football yet. I really have taken Matt Adair's advice to heart. I've savored this. I've savored having Europeans in Ireland tell me they were excited Georgia won the national championship. I've savored the very online Alabama fans trying to justify their loss. I've savored telling Florida and Tennessee fans how many days it's been since Georgia won a national championship. And I've savored the proud go dogs I've gotten in Athens and Orlando and Amelia Island, New Orleans and DC. But now it's time. It's time for me to get my mind right and move on. I'll always have this offseason and how awesome it was. And Will might be right. We may have another one of these and it will be even more glorious. Man, I hope we find out. I'm also ready to talk football with Will and Scott on a regular basis. I've missed talking with them and interacting with y'all for that matter. I'm excited about the 2022 season and what it holds as we do something we haven't done in 41 years. Play as reigning national champions. Y'all, it's time to attack the day. Go dogs. Okay, I kind of feel like that should be played before, uh, not the Oregon game, but the first game at Sanford. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, ready. Good. I'm ready. I'm ready. Tony's right. in midseason form. Yeah, I know he's not in midseason form, and that's what's great about it. He is at he's at 
the beginning of the season for <laughs> yeah, him, right. which is kind of what we need. Uh, and I think that's right. I, again, we I th- actually feel like that is exactly what we should talk about as we start the new season. We'll get into the realignment and, and expansion and all, right. all that sort of stuff. But I do think that, I mean, shoot, man, the game's a month away now. <laughs> like We're basically like a month and a week away. My calendar fits the Oregon game barely on it. It was a four-month calendar. Yeah, so it's on. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening now. And so, we, you know, they're, they're going to be... I, you, NFL training camp is about to start. Like this stuff is happening. This is it is time to kind of get ready. And I think I will say, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think I've said since I got here about obviously there was no school. Michigan's probably second closest that wanted a national championship more than Georgia did. And the fans were so desperate for them in ways that were sometimes not productive, helpful, or healthy. But they did it. And that, that was what everybody wanted. That's why Kirby was brought here. That's why Rick was fired or, or left on mutual accord. Um, that's clearly what that's, they wanted to become Alabama. And they've done it. And they've won the national championship. My, I've always joked that, like, which way, what, what does Georgia become now? And I don't mean by, like, do they come to Alabama or do they come to college football powerhouse? I mean, how do the fans react? Are they Cubs fans? And this is a hard thing for me to say as a Cardinal fan. But Cubs fans were pretty cool when they won the 2016 World Series. Uh, they, there, there was a clear sense of joy, of appreciation uh, for how long it had taken them to get there. Appreciation for so many people who never got the opportunity to see it, who invested for such a long time. And, then understand, and a grace period that is probably over now but it's been six years, but lasted a while in a way that I thought was fair and sane and normal. And more to the point, they didn't go around to everyone saying, you doubted us, we're the champs now. Like they just kind of basted and enjoy it. Yeah. On the other hand, there are Red Sox fans. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, or Patriots fans, or just Boston fans in general, who basically took, uh, uh, responded to their years in the wilderness. And a brief moment where I know no one will admit this now, but there were people who were actually happy for them in 2004. I was. I was, <laughs> like yeah. now you feel like an idiot forever being for, uh, happy for those jerks. But like at the time, you this, there were people rooting for the Patriots against the Rams in 2001, uh, around that time. So I know no one wants to admit that now, but like they can. Obviously, there's a difference. The Cubs stopped winning, and the Red Sox continued to win after that, and the Patriots continued to win. But they took that those years in the wilderness, and winning did not give them joy. It just gave them retroactive aggrievement. It gave a, now that we've done it, we are the champs, and you have to bow down to us. And, and they became just jerk. Like, they made me empathetic to Yankees fans, which is a hard thing to do. And so, uh, so far, this season hasn't started yet. But so far, I, like as Tony has pointed out, I feel like most Georgia fans are still kind of walking around with that goofy grin on their face. And if anything, the worry has been in the other direction of the, hey, is everybody ready for like, you know, another season to start? Are we going to start? It's going to happen. And so I understand that. And, and I think that's a good sign. But we'll see what happens. In that. Like Put it this way, um, Oregon is a top 10 team. Top 15, top 10, top 15. Dan Lanning being the coach. Dan Lanning, a guy who clearly understands his program. George is going to be favored that game. I think George will win that game. But, like, they're not playing Austin P no. in their first game. Like, they're playing a really good team. And sure, uh, we're not going to preview that game. But the point is, is the real question is when Georgia loses, 
Maybe it's Oregon. Maybe it's Florida. Maybe it's not at all until the SC Championship game. Maybe it's in the playoff. Who knows? But eventually, I hate to be the bearer of bad times, <laughs> but Georgia will, in fact, lose another football game. They actually have lost one of their last three, I feel obliged <laughs> to, to point out that that's happened. Right. So, like, it does happen. How people respond to not just maybe they lose to Oregon, but it's they don't play that well. They make some mistakes. It doesn't go that well. Uh, they don't because now once you won the championship, people have always said that like like where Georgia is now, like you see every preview magazine, they've all the top three, top three yeah. is always Ohio State, Alabama, or uh, Georgia in whatever order. Georgia is usually third, third, but they're clearly even though Georgia has real questions from the losing their entire defense to the NFL to questions about wide receiver to the fact that they, I feel obliged to point out, do have a walk-on who a lot of Georgia fans were calling to be benched halfway through the national championship game. So, um, you know, I, I, there are reasons to be, to think in a normal time span, you would look and be like, oh, well, this would be a time for Georgia to take a step back. Baylor, for example, after they won the national championship in basketball, they were not the number one team or the top three team. They were, they were barely a top ten team. That turned out to be wrong. It turned out to be really, really good. But everyone thought they would take a big step back. That's not the case with Georgia for one primary reason. Now that Georgia has won it, they are that elite program. They are one of those three elite programs. It's Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. And that is a fact and probably affect moving forward. How do we react to that? How do we handle being that? And I'm talking about the fan base. I think the 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 uh, as Tony points out, you know, I, I do not. One of the curses of uh, must one of the worst things about being a football coach, and particularly one as successful as Kirby Smart, is that like you you don't get to do what we did. <laughs> like you don't get to be like, ah, wow. I, this I is heard amazing. him today. Being interviewed yeah, at Media Days, media, yeah. and he said that he was ready to turn the page basically after the celebration at Sanford Stadium because he had recruits there, yeah. and he needed to show them what they could soon. <laughs> but realize. isn't that kind of sad? It is. Like, like, it is. and I don't mean that because, like, I not to say I don't believe he was truly enjoying himself. I thought right. he was clearly enjoying himself. He deserved to enjoy himself. But there's also the idea of like, even in that moment, like, I'm enjoying myself. I must show that I'm enjoying myself to show these recruits that they should come here and play here because always be crude and always be crude and always be crude. And which I get, and that's part of the job and that's why he gets paid the big bucks and deserves every single one of them. But it's still like, I've kind of enjoyed just enjoying this. Yeah. I've had to check myself, like wondering like, am I ready? I'm not, I'm not reading the magazines. I'm not studying it. I'm not following it. Am I, am am I just kind of, uh, you know, being lazy about this of my fandom? But no, I think Tony's right. I think I think right now, end of July, is about the time where people are going to start paying attention. I know I will, um, even preparing for this. But uh, you know, you you asked a, something uh, a few minutes ago, asking how would we be? Are we going to be the Cubs fans, mm-hmm. or are we going to be the Red Sox fans? I think that's I think that's uh, it can be answered with both. I think when you see a Florida bro or a Tennessee bro or an <laughs> Alabama bro coming at you. You're going to ask them, how long has it been since you won a national championship? See, that's fair. I think nationally, we're going to be very graceful and accepting uh, and, and be more Cubs-like. That's not the difference. The difference is, it's, if a Tennessee of Florida or Alabama bro comes up to you, you clearly have a winning <laughs> argument. The question is, do you go up to them? <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm 46 yeah, I years old. I, I know you wouldn't, and I know I wouldn't. 21-year-old. the Georgia fan. Yeah. I think younger 
I think younger fans because guess what? It was only say a twenty-one year old. It's only it was only a twenty-one year old draft. <laughs> they haven't waited very long. They just <laughs> yeah. feel like champions forever, right? So <laughs> I think I think, but I think the I think this with, with my kids, right? Like they like True. they I yeah. Mean, you're like you you. They yeah. never they never experienced yeah. the pain. And they've been like here for did. nine. Like, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been I've been following this for like my first real memory of being obsessed. Was it Alexa? Really uh, is I mean I, I watching Alexa. I don't think I ever watched a Georgia. I think I'd probably watch some Georgia. Games, but generally, without the way I would watch like a West Virginia or like a Texas game, but it was eleven watching your wife. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, I met her in 07. Okay. And so I clearly knew that she was... So 07 would be clearly when the interest in Georgia sports started. Right. That was a good year. I had no problem with them either way. I just didn't really think much of... much of Like, they they were just another team. The same way that now I don't... I I just don't think about Texas Tech very much. (laughs) They're not a part of my life. And um, so obviously that changed. But for me, like, I... When I would see the joy, like I was obviously very happy. I was there. It was a joyous time to see them win the national championship, and I'm happy. But I find myself happier for people like you and people like Tony and people like all the people that I've met that listen to this podcast. Like I found it, I loved the national championship. I'm glad that I got to toast uh, with Georgia fans afterwards. A wonderful time. I I co-host a podcast about Georgia sports. I'm clearly invested (laughs) in this. So, but certainly I can't like it has been 40 years for me, for example. And it's been forty years for a lot. It's been forty years for a lot of people. Right. So, uh, so, so there isn't a single team that you're a fan of that has that has had that long of a drought. Um, Illinois basketball would be okay. That. Illinois basketball has ever won a national championship, and so that that would be that would be the closest thing now. And I guess I'm a Knicks fan. There's been since '73. That's before I was born. But I didn't start rooting for them until 2000. I thought they beat the Rockets back in like the mid 90s. They lost in, in seven games in '94. Okay, that was that's the John Starks game where he couldn't hit any, hit any baskets. Those were the two years that Jordan retired. It's funny. I was watching that Game Seven Finals. It was a Game Seven mm-hmm. on a cruise ship oh, in '94 or '93. Oh, wow. wow! And then I got off that cruise ship, and the OJ chase happened. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, <laughs> that's there's a document there's a thirty for thirty about that. There's a great thirty for thirty, uh, June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. That's about the convergence of those four things. Really, of, um, of me leaving the cruise ship. You live in the OJ. cruise ship. OJ, <laughs> OJ, um, the NBA finals. Uh-huh. But and um, and um, uh, there's a four, there's a, uh, the Rangers the Rangers parade for winning the uh, Stanley Cup. Okay. And then there's a fourth, but I don't remember what it is now. But uh, you probably you live in the cruise ship. I believe is what it is. Uh, but the point is, it's a big time in sports yeah. history. And um, so yeah, so I don't I I can. But listen, like when I was I was I went 24 years without the Cardinals winning the World Series. It's a long and, time. Uh, and from from the age of seven to the age of 31. Yeah. So you go from that youthful yeah. exuberance to just cranky old. You yeah. Know, you know, late twenties or basically old man, thirty-one year old. Yeah, and like grousy about it. And yeah, we're never going to get one, yeah. and we always fall short. So I get it. Like yeah. I understand that. And as an Illinois basketball fan, I mean, we are. I, 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 I think you can make an argument that uh, there's probably of there's probably two. Uh, we're in the top two or three programs that of uh, quality programs that have never won a national championship. Wow. So, um, so yeah. So there's, it's frustrating. Uh, so I get it. But more to the point, once. I've just been impressed with Georgia fans so far mm-hmm. with how that joy has been there. And I think that's the parallel lane, lanes we're looking at is we is that vibe that Georgia fans have. Can it, does it cross over to the team at all? Like, do, like how can they not be slightly aware? How can Kirby Smart not be slightly aware 
that like, like we, I used to, we, we used to do the thought experiment, right? Well, how many years can Kirby Smart go without winning a national mm-hmm. championship until people start being like, okay, so is Kirby not going to do this? People were already giving him game management crap last year. Yeah. So like the like so the idea so obviously he knew of that he's he reads everything he's a smart guy he he knew that was the case a little bit of pressure is undeniably off him right now not that there was like pressure like Scott Frost pressure but clearly if you there was a number we could argue what that number was but there was a number of years that if Kirby Smart would have not won a national championship it would start to be uncomfortable being mm-hmm. Kirby Smart. That is now not a problem. Now he is the guy that brought the national championship back to Georgia. I know he's always scrutin', and I know that he says that's the first thing I want back to doing, which of course that's what we want him to say, and it feels great to say. And if it's true, that's great for me as a fan, though I feel bad for him as a human being. Yeah. But it's, he's a human being. He's a human being, and I think it's inevitable. Think about people in their own jobs. You work for a long time for a promotion that you've worked a long time for. And like, think about in your jobs, when people go to their jobs. Generally, the people in like middle management, for example, worked their way up and got up to the point and then reached a level where they were just a little bit more comfortable. And so they don't. So therefore, they come in. Then you got these young people come in. Their hair's a fire because they're desperate to try to do it. And they're and they're, and never minding the nil issues that already may be Georgia. There are argument. There are theories that Georgia may be the disadvantage in in, uh, in the long term in some of those things. So certainly, the idea that uh, uh, Kirby Smart absolutely will claim, and I think maybe even believes that he hasn't changed. He's right back to the grind. We'll see, but like that seems against the notion of human nature, to be honest. And that, to me, is what I—that's I, what I'm most curious about. I think fans have just enjoyed it the way they should enjoy Absolutely. it. We'll see how the yeah. team handles it. Yeah, and I think you make a good point. Um, you know, and I, I was listening to two other interviews today: one with Stetson and one with Nolan Smith. And Nolan Smith kind of danced around that question you kind of posed of like, how did the players feel? And I don't think that he. To, for, for the answer he gave seemed to me like he didn't realize because they're they're in so they're so locked in. Yeah, he didn't realize. And also, they're kids and he, his yeah. youth. Yeah. yeah, he didn't realize. Although he was living it on a completely different level that we would never experience, and yeah. part of that team. Uh, he's not playing the game going, oh, man, he caught that ball at the one-yard line and fell just short. Or, or oh, the game in the rain in Alabama. Like, that's, that's our thing. Right. That's not their thing. Yeah. And then Stetson Bennett gave a good answer, the, the, the answer you would expect him uh, to give. He talked about how when he played high school baseball down at uh, Pierce County that they were one of the best teams in the state and they were going to the state finals and they felt like they'd had it in the bag and they got swept. And he said that he didn't allow himself, even though he had two – you know, drives, critical drives at the end of that game. He says he said it wasn't until Ringo picked off that ball that 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 wash of emotions came over him. And that's what you would expect from your starting quarterback. But just to hear it from their perspective, where it was a collective sigh of relief when Ringo, that 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 moment right there on the wall that's in the Georgia magazine, that was the moment and it was collective, you know, it wasn't like a kneel down thing where people felt the exuberance um, you know, at different times of the game where, oh, we've got this, we're up by, you know, 17 points with four minutes left or something. It was that moment right there that the players and us are bonded together forever. So 
maybe that does make it a little bit more unique. Maybe it does make it a little more joyful. I know that I still get comments this day on the video. I got one that I need to respond to uh, last night, a guy that said that he's watched it three times. I mean, I appreciate that. And it's, it's uh, listen, and it's great. I mean, it's still, yeah. it's still wonderful to watch that game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. still wonderful. And, but listen, like, that's a bit, that's a great example of this. That's a bit that spends most of the year last year trying to prove people wrong. Ah, uh, good point. Trying to prove people yep. wrong. Trying to, and listen, there's still some of that. And, you know, I mean, certain people can keep, Michael Jordan was convinced after he had five titles that nobody believed in him. Mm-hmm. Like there's a great quote from the, from the dream team, the 1992 U.S. Olympic team, truly the greatest basketball team ever assembled. Whether like Clyde Drexler was interviewed after they beat Lith, like Lithuania by 80 points. He's like, you know, a lot of people didn't think we were going to be here today. It's like, yes, they did. You are the greatest basketball team of all time. Everyone believed in you. But I think athletes have to do that. I think yeah. they have to do that. And I totally understand that. They have to have that chip on the shoulder. But but also there has to be a little part of uh, of Stetson Bennett who knows that uh, he is forever going to be Stetson Bennett, <laughs> and 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 all that comes with that. Well, it might give him advantages coming into defending his championship because I mean the the Phil Steele that UGA sent out to season ticket holders, he goes through, and this is just one man's opinion, but you know he's he's pretty popular, but he ranks the top units, and he the first one on here is quarterback. I was scanning, like, yeah. okay, where's he going to put Stetson? Maybe six or yeah. something? Yeah, Stetson at 20th. Yeah. And that's, and like, nice because it lists 20, right? D- no, the list goes to 61. 61. Oh, that's good. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's got teams like Fresno State, Purdue, South Carolina, yeah. uh, ranked ahead of Georgia. Pittsburgh, who just lost Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And some guy that I don't even know is starting is ranked 19th for a unit. So maybe, maybe those types of things... Like the are the, the maybe motivation. he remembers that Georgia fans were calling him for him to be benched halfway through the national and so championship that motivation game, and drive. I feel, yeah. I, Bill Connolly, uh, I, I have to fill in for Tony by like, shutting out Bill Connolly. Uh, did his uh, SEC East preview and is actually on a podcast to promote it, and he has Stetson as one of his sleeper Heisman picks. He's really, like, he said, like, I don't know why people would not be talking about the quarterback for one of the, the na- guy that's already won a national championship who put up terrific numbers last year, yeah. uh, who's the clear starting quarterback for one of the obvious best teams in football. Why in the world are we the only his claim was the only reason no one's considering him a potential Heisman candidate is because he's a walk-on. Right. I think <laughs> his completion percentage was second in the nation. He's incredible. He's incredible last year. Yeah. Now, we also know his limitations, and we also know that every single de- defense in the SEC, and definitely Dan Lanning's defense at Oregon, is going to be specifically focused on maximizing those issues. Yeah, and and Kirby gave a little bit of, a, a little bit of a clue on how he's going to coach him up uh, today in his interview, where he said that he'd like to see Stetson use his legs more. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tell right there. What's you know, and he used it. Very uh, you know, efficiently last year, but sometimes it wasn't as much as he potentially could have. He started doing it more towards the end of the season, so that's that's straight from the coach's mouth of what he's going to be looking for Stetson to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. It's going to be. I'm excited about it. It's it's fun. I think we're all just going to have to go through our reps. Like this is our first show of the year. We'll mm-hmm. do our usual shows where we preview all of college football. We'll preview the SEC, and then we'll do our big Georgia preview. And then there'll be a game because it's only like a month and a week left in the season. Uh, and it'll be it'll be labor. I remind you once again, by the way, in my one Illinois moment, Illinois, I remind everyone one more time, Illinois will have played two games before Georgia kicks off. 
That absolutely blows me away. Week zero is five weeks from Saturday. Week zero is five. I will be there. I will be at Illinois against Illinois hosting the Wyoming Cowboys. You know, Georgia hosted Wyoming, and I went to that game, so we'll have something, we'll have a something common, common opponent. Yes, and then Illinois plays on Friday night. Uh, That's against, amazing. Against now, I hope they are not 0-2 before Georgia plays. I mean, like that will definitely uh, clarify my focus for, the, for Labor Day weekend. I'd be like, oh, it's about basketball season, actually, I think, in, uh, in Champaign. I think they're going to be 2-0. I actually think they're going to be good. I think they're, they're a bowl team this year. That's really? Drive for six? Drive or, for six. Or... Oh, let's not get cocky. Six is fine. Yeah. Six is fine. This seems like a good transition to talk about... Um, should we talk? Do you have any more Georgia stuff? Or should we talk? I have, I have, I have as much We're Georgia stuff as you want. So, so what expansion and you know, in the past show, like you know, eight months ago that we mm-hmm. did, it seems like eight months ago, we teased that we were going to have a new sponsor. Oh, uh, this, this would year. be a good time for that. Um, so we might as well um, let the cat out of the bag. Uh, it's cat out of the bag. Pet control. Uh, you know, I get annoyed when I use really. Dumb, you know. No, the cat. That's it's perfectly fine. I'm just, I'm just I, saying. I our to, sponsor I, is Cat out of the Bag Pet Control. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Your no, face is fine. I use, there, there's no uh, phraseology. I would like a better one. Professional for the writer here. Season. Cliches are cliches because they're handy. They're useful. Everybody understands them. Yeah, it's I, good for podcasting because it paints the picture. Yeah, I'm not a snob about cliches, man. Um, they're there for a reason. But uh, you know, I. I'll just cut to the chase. See, there's another one. There it is. Cut chase. to the chase. Because. Tired. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no, Chase Kelly. Chase Kelly. Oh, yeah, there we go. There he we go. is the sponsor. Well, 7-6 Apparel, his company. We are very pleased. I've been I've been talking with Chase uh, for a couple months now. It's We're, remarkable to me, by the way. Chase Kelly definitely sounds like a former college football quarterback name. He would appreciate that. Chase Kelly absolutely yeah. sounds like that name. Like, you know, y'all met uh, yeah, he's, I, I Robert's Tailgate. Oh, yeah, I know. He's a great guy. Yeah. I'm just saying his name, he has the name of like like Oregon, maybe Oregon in like the mid-90s or it Michigan does. State. Like a, like yeah like a, like a like that that's Chase Kelly. Well, I'd, I'd I'd be lying if I didn't say that when I name my sons, mm. I didn't envision what it would sound like over a loudspeaker, like on the tackle or at bat. And uh, you know Jack Duvall sounds to oh, me yeah. like a linebacker, although yeah. he's a golfer. Right, right. And then Walker Duvall really fits him. He got yeah. a big kick because he was playing for the Coney All Stars up in Tacoa, and they did the announcement. Now at bat, number thirty-four, Walker Duvall, and you could see him go from serious mode to like, oh wait, they just yeah, said me. my name. That's me. Oh, sorry. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Hey, so we have a sponsor so, yes. from from former Michigan State quarterback Chase Kelly. Uh, Seven Six Apparel is the sponsor. Uh, many of y'all listeners know uh, Seven Six. They've been around for a while, and you know they have the Athens collection, the Atlanta collection, and you know every uh, time that the Masters rolls around, you see the Pimento cheese hats and, and the shirts. They have a sock line, which uh, I did some recent photography and video for that they've partnered with is Dead Soxy, uh, is the company. And they're great socks. I'm wearing a pair right now, Will. These are the no-show Silver Bridges socks. I can't even see them. (laughs) They don't show above your shoe. (laughs) But um, no, they've got... The, the great thing about what Chase does is that if there's something that happens in the moment, they're going to jump on it and probably have a t-shirt uh, made very quickly after that. Um, I remember the first piece of merchandise that I bought from 7-6 Apparel. It was shortly after the Rose Bowl. And even though I never watched the show, It's Sunny in Philadelphia, I loved the pun. And so my shirt is, it's, it's always Sony in Pasadena. 
And I've worn that at times, uh, like in Atlanta or something like that, and people will stop, and you can tell who the real true Georgia fan is because they immediately get it. But I also have gotten a couple shirts from my boys, the Atlanta Braves uh, trophy shirt and uh, the At Last shirt written in Braves script, which is, uh, which is a good one. And then my favorite that I still wear to this day is the Feels Like 1995 shirt mm-hmm. that was uh, something that I wore, I was wearing when the Braves won the World Series. But you can expect a, a lot from, from our partnership this year because uh, we'll probably have some giveaways. We're probably going to have, or in fact, I know we're going to have some special uh, codes to where you can get some discounts on merchandise. But um, just really, really excited to have the 7-6 Apparel as a show sponsor this year. And you know what? Tony was very excited about it. Even though he's not here, he also sent a blurb about 7-6. So please enjoy. Hey, it's Tony Waller, and I'm sorry I'm not with the guys tonight, but I did want to say a quick word and thanks to 7-6 Apparel for uh, sponsoring the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast this season. Very excited to be working with them, as you probably know from looking at my Twitter. One of my favorite shirts is their You Can't Spell Consortium Without UT. I wear it all the time, and I look forward to working with them more this summer and seeing what uh, they have in store as we go into the 2020 season. Thanks, and go dogs. The one shirt I will not be buying from 7-6 Apparel is uh, Tyler Simmons was on, was on sides because we need to worry about that. Anymore. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't need to worry about Fortunately, that. Fortunately, there are so many other awesome shirts. I'm particularly fond. Of, <laughs> there's a few of these on here. I actually love I Was Not Here in 1990, but they have an awesome 1990 National Champs baseball shirt. Walker has that one, too. I like that shirt. Yeah. That is like my kind of shirt. So, yeah. uh, so good stuff. Good stuff all around. I uh, uh, go to Seven Six Apparel. Uh, even if you are otherwise not going to be naked, you will need a shirt uh, for a time that you might potentially be naked. Shirt and socks. Shirt and socks. Well, I can't even see those. They're yeah. no show. <laughs> they have regular socks too. Uh, but yeah. Oh, the, I like this forty-two eighty twenty-one one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. So, so go to the seven six dot com. That's the seven six dot com and. Um, there's not a we don't have a code yet, but please stay tuned throughout the season, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get some kind of collaboration going. So, Will, what was it the the other thing you wanted to talk about? Oh, the conferences. Conferences. Yeah, so, this is. Uh, I did write about this for New York Magazine. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Scott. When obviously Oklahoma and Texas was a big deal yeah. when that happened, and it kind of made sense. Yeah, and, and, but that, see, that's why I think. This was a bigger deal than Oklahoma and Texas. Not because USC and UCLA are better than Oklahoma and Texas. They're not make any sense. But it is, you can make an argument that there is a logic. Oklahoma and Texas, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're within, there's already a Texas school in in the SEC. And Oklahoma is not, like, it's not outside the realm. It's by Missouri. So I'm taking it literal. Southeastern Conference. Getting USC and UCLA in the Big Ten and I know Rutgers was already there and Maryland was already there, but like, I mean, the Westernmost school was Nebraska. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there is. And that felt like a reach. Yeah. And I think Nebraska, at least culturally, makes a certain amount of sense. But to me, this was the, oh, we're going to two big conferences. Yeah. And I know that some people push back for that, on that. Stuart Mandel kind of pushed back on that in his uh, mailbag this week that I thought was a good piece. Um, but it's really hard to see. With the SEC and Big Ten so much more valuable of a place for schools to be, 
uh, it's hard to see why people wouldn't do that. And I know that some people some people look at the short term argument. And all of this is a short term argument. That's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But the idea that like, well, what's the point of adding, you know. Uh, uh, a team that would be on that Stanford or Oklahoma State or something when all that is is just giving up the pie shorter right the idea that like because that's to me the the macro problem with all this happening is wow if you I know that we don't care about Iowa State but a lot of people do mm-hmm. like a lot of people love Iowa State and Kansas State and Stanford and like a lot of like listen the only good thing about this eventually to me is if we're going to be zero sum about this, maybe we can kick Northwestern out of the Big Ten because uh, they don't get ratings and screw them. But like to me, that's the I don't actually want that. Like the point is, is like this is to me what UCLA and USC are doing here is literally just we've now just decided oh, the only thing that matters is TV ratings. It's like the AFC and the NFC. Yeah, it's and that's clearly be. where it's going. Right. And the idea, and on one hand, as a fan, and this is Mandel's argument, on one hand, as a fan. Like every single Saturday will be Oklahoma, Georgia, Michigan, UCLA. There'll be no like like the there are there are weeks now where like okay, it's the best game I guess Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Like there are weeks during the year where you have to to squint a yeah. little bit to see like the right game. That this will end that. So for a very casual fan, which is legitimately who you want for TV ratings, there is. You, there's going to be nothing but big showcase games all the time, all year. But like that's actually not all the college football fans. And for me, you know, the hard part for me about that, what this does, it's not about USC, it's not about UCLA, it's not about the Big Ten. It makes it clear that like all that matters now is how many eyeballs you can get for TV, for TV, which is uh, which is fine. I get it. But like. The thing about college football being like like the NFL, or I guess it, like the USFL, is the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, out. it's kind of like a pro, another pro league. Yeah, and but the the, the only way people care about college football is the history. Like that's the reason we yeah. care. Like that's why. That's this why matters. we talked about forty one years. Yeah, that, that's why people care. That's what people are into. That's the reason people watch. Otherwise, you're just watching a league that's not as good as the NFL. Yeah. And it's great, and I, and I don't. I do not feel that way about college football because I care about Georgia. I care about the gathering. I care about watching this team grow every year. I can, like. I get. I. I. I'm. I'm. I'm emotionally attached to it. That's people listening. To this are emotionally attached. So that's why they do it. But the people that are making these decisions about college football are doing it in a short term, zero sum sort of way. Sure, lots of people may love Oklahoma State football, but they just don't scale as well on a national <laughs> level. So we don't need them. Like, like, and that to me is really sad. <laughs> like, that's really sad. And I say this is like, listen, Georgia's going to be fine. Illinois is going to be fine. Like, this is not like a like my. If anything, this is very beneficial for Illinois. Like, this is great for a school like Illinois, and uh, because Northwestern making kick out of the Big Ten, Illinois like like Illinois scales big. Like, they've underperformed nationally to the number the the fan base and eyeballs that they generally get. So it's not that. It's that like the whole fun of college football is that you've been watching it for 30 years or 40 years or you, you, and I understand like certainly there've been changes like in in IL there's been, there've been changes and like Tuesday night Mac games, for example, like lots of things have changed about college football and lots of things will continue to change about college football, but there's still been the understanding that like, yeah, but when you go to the games, and you and you have your rivals, and you have your teams you fight against, and you have like let's go make fun of Dabo, and let's do all this stuff. You still have that. This is not doing that. This is 
you know what? Um, Green Bay, Kansas City scales well because those are two big teams that a lot of people like. So let's have them play every year. Mm-hmm. And that is a bummer. I have to say that's a bummer. And because, and you've seen this already, like Kansas and Missouri was one of the greatest rivalries in all of college sports. And now they don't play. Uh, you see this across the board, Texas A&M and Texas. Uh, and now we get to do that again, but and, that's not and, why it happened. And then like, yeah, Kansas doesn't play Missouri anymore, but somehow Georgia plays Missouri every year. And oh, yeah. nobody ever asked to see that. Yeah. But, and or more to the point, like you're going to, like eventually you're going to see like, the problem is, is eventually you're gonna like we're gonna have another level of not interesting games. Like UCLA is gonna play a conference game at Maryland, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like whereas it would be, you know, a, a matchup saying they've only played one time and that was in 1933. Yeah, now and it's, it's like, like it's just like another like intersectional it's, matchup. It's like Jacksonville playing Arizona in football in the NFL. It's just another freaking yep. dumb game, and we, I and I understand why they're doing it. It's short term thinking. There's a very late stage capitalism feel to the whole deal. The idea that like, listen, I'm sorry, what are we doing here? We're just trying to get as much money as we can. This is will get us as much money as we can. The fact that Big Ten, the Big Ten is negotiating a new deal right now and the SEC's deal was just so huge. That's the backdrop for mm-hmm. all of this. But the idea that like if you it's, – it's inevitably going to go to conferences. That's just the way it's clearly putting together. And the conferences are not going to be – even the NFL is put together of like, you know what? There's been a team in Green Bay for a long time, and there's a lot of fans there. That we, that's not what this is going to be. That It's the only ones that are going to survive are the ones that get television eyeballs. Is that really what we want college football to be? And Mandel's argument is the way that you help fix this is expand the playoff to the point where even if you're not in one of these two conferences, you, there's still a slot or two for you. So the uh, turn into NCAA tournament, which is basically yeah. the idea. The idea that like the the, the thing about the, the thing about the NCAA tournament is, I think what was the thing when St. Peter's beat um, who did they who was their big win over uh, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. That's what Kentucky. Like they the, St. Peter's had roughly like one fiftieth of the budget of Kentucky, but you don't win games with budget once you're on the court or on the field. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on the team; it's actually just two teams playing against one another. So you want at least to at least make sure those games happen but like if it gets to the point where there's 64 32 48 64 and that's it and if you're kansas state a great school a team that was number one like for a while like a team that that has is has a huge fan base including the btk killer by the way (laughs) is the btk killer was a kansas state if if kansas state were in the sec that would come up constantly (laughs) (laughs) but the btk killer was a season ticket holder to kansas state football um but the point is is that like once you get that zero sum about it and that we're just worried about the short term of this and whatever gets us the most money right now, um, that's what we're going to do, to me, misses what people actually like about college football. And I, I think Georgia's going to be fine. I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Like, Georgia will get... It will, but then, it, then it'll also be frustrating because Georgia already doesn't play Texas A&M enough or Ole Miss yeah. enough. And so, you know, the way I look at it is like, okay... Big deal. Add Texas, Oklahoma. I don't. I don't care. Throw in Washington and Oregon while you're at it. But we're still only going to play twelve games, right? And, and right. unless you go to nine, ten, or eleven conference games, which and they maybe might, Georgia Tech, which they might, which they might, you know. And then you kind of feel bad for the young parents out there because you and I both once were young parents where you. <laughs> 
when you have a Kent State. We are State, still young parents. Yeah, when you have a Kent State roll in and you can take little William and yeah. little Walker to the game and not have to worry about it. Now, I mean, I feel for, for, for that type of thing. But, you know, I mean, last year we thought we were going to have a garbage home schedule. We had two game days. Yeah. You know, this year it looks a little bleak. So, you know, with our uh, dollars going towards those six or seven home games, depending on uh, the Florida game every year, you know, I'm up for seeing. I'm I can I'm I'm torn. I'm right. torn. Kind of like it sounds like you, but I'm up for seeing. You know, Oklahoma rolling It'll the Sanford Stadium. It'll be fun. That part will be fun. But I'm thinking like 10, 15 years down the line, when you cut off at the knees. The thing that people really love about college football, which is the idea that like what Georgia Southern going to Florida and beating them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know? Or again, like the I like sorry like Cal Stanford, like one yeah. of the most famous games that right the game like the big the big game like all of that's like if they don't if they don't have a seat when the musical chairs is over, they're just not really a college football team. They're, they're not part of this anymore. You gotta like listen. Part of the love for me of college football, and this is a terrible thing to say to television people, but it's regional. I was going to say the same thing. I love the conferences. <laughs> it's regional. I love rooting against my conference when you know they're when Auburn is playing Oregon. I'm pulling for Oregon. When Georgia plays Missouri, who trash talks Missouri fans? Well, we did the first year because that was when it was uh, grown man football. Right, but right, right, right. I digress. Right, right. Yeah, but that was like a that was a short term. That was a haze, almost a hazing. Of yeah, yeah, it was. And whereas, but there's no actual like thing between Georgia and Missouri. But it's not because Missouri doesn't care about football. Missouri has had in the Big Twelve had tons of awesome rivalries with lots of teams. Yeah, they just don't play those teams anymore, mm-hmm. and so because of that, they don't get to have that thing. And so we've already t- we we literally talked about wow how awesome it is to win a national championship. What was one of the first things you said about what that was awesome about winning a national championship? I can stick it to the Florida fans. I can stick it to the Tennessee fans. I can stick it to the Alabama fans. That's the fun of this. Is to being able to do that when you eliminate that, or at the very least dilute. Dilutes that, a good word, yeah. That turns college football into something else. There will still be those st- like the Bears Packers is still like a huge rivalry. Cowboys Giants, Cowboys Eagles are still like a huge thing in the NFL. Those teams play each other every year. It's always a big thing. They're always in tight races. That it's not that they will be eliminated entirely, but you dilute that idea that every year you play Florida. Every year you play Tennessee. Every year you play Auburn. And so you get this and you see it and you see how they do. The idea that like the idea that like uh, when, when when we go through the schedule, Georgia plays at 3.30. We go through the schedule like what game are we going to watch at noon at the tailgate? You're always like, let's see how Auburn's doing. I always mm-hmm. remember the Vanderbilt game getting right. super excited that Tennessee was about to lose to Georgia yep. State. Like like all of those little things. That, it didn't matter that Georgia State upset some uh, power five team. It was that they beat Tennessee. Right. Screw those guys because I hate those guys. And that, if you dilute that, you are getting away from what I think makes college football so uniquely petty and awesome. Well, uh, when Missouri and Texas A&M came over, it diluted the fact that Georgia would play Ole Miss every yeah. year. Yeah. You know, and it was just one of those. It was a little it went out like a whimper. Yeah. You know, but I miss that. I miss seeing, you know, when Eli came through and he played a great game yeah. in Sanford Stadium. And those are those historical matchups that you, you will still see. But for the record, 
Georgia still has not played in College Station, yeah. and they've been in the league for what ten years. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I, I worry about it. And listen, we're still going to go. We'll do it. Like it's, I I don't think that college football is in danger or in some sort of existential crisis. And we're not we're not being like get off my lawn, old grumpy old man man type thing either. I don't I I don't I personally don't think I'm still going to watch these games. Like we're still into this, but I do think that that's the thing. Like I do would argue that if you take away, I can't. This is the best way I can put this point. If you take away what we're talking about, it's just semi-pro football. That's all it is. And it's not that. I don't feel like it's that now. I don't feel like it's in danger of getting that. But in but they are treating it like it's semi-pro football. They are treating it like who's the most popular team? Let's get them on TV as much as possible, give them all the power they want. And if who does who like they're treat, they're treating this like barnstorming sports when the the glory of college football what makes people college football fans is these things that we're talking about i think you are you are in danger of messing with the golden goose yeah. i do not think the sport's going to die right but uh, i think it's the next few years could be huge i don't think it's in any sort of danger but the, the uh, at a certain level people are going to grow like if you make this like the nfl but just a different version of the nfl Kids are going to grow up and being like, oh, wait, so that's that league where that's not the NFL. <laughs> that's the yeah. one where the football is not as good as it is in the NFL and the players are not have, as good. They have stripes in their football and the NFL yeah. football doesn't have stripes. And they played in these weird small towns where I can't get a hotel. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that, that I, long term, that's my worry. Yeah, because, I mean, part of the fun is the regionality of it. I mean, I liked the SEC when it had 10, maybe 12 teams. I liked saying the Pac-10. I liked yeah. the Big 10. The Big 10 has 14 teams and they still call themselves the Big 10. And they've well, it's been so long since they've been the Big 10. <laughs> it's been since 93. Yeah, I just like the, the regional part of it. But then again, you know, with the whole distance of it, I grew up in an era when the Falcons and the Braves were in the NFC West and the NL West, yeah. uh, respectively. You know, the Braves-Dodgers had a great rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Braves-Giants. The Arizona so. Cardinals played Philadelphia every year in the NFC West. <laughs> in the NFC East. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they were, Arizona was in the West, and Atlanta was in, uh, was in the – Arizona was in the East, Atlanta was That's in the right. West. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, we'll, we'll adapt. We'll know. adapt. We'll adapt. But, like, some won't. Like, sorry, but like, if this is the waiting, if the, whatever the equivalent term for waiting since last Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas is, or whatever it is in. Tony would have a good yeah, line. Yeah, like, whatever there. it is, they've got to be so depressed. Yeah. Like, they've been told that, like, this thing that you care deeply about. You don't matter to us. You know who's in real trouble is the ACC because of the grant right of the grant of rights deal that runs through like 2032. Yeah, like and uh, they can't move or else they're not on television. And I know people will say like, well, lawyers will figure it out. Yeah, but you know, lawyers will figure it out by like money. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like it's not lawyer like it's not lawyers that fix it. It's money that fix and it. And if that does open up. The interesting thing will be the land grab between the Big Ten oh, yeah. and the SEC. Does the SEC get? North Carolina and Virginia and Clemson, or does the Big Ten say, "Hey, we have all these uh, astute universities, North Carolina and Virginia. You you match better with us." I mean, it's funny that like 
It's weird, too, because you hear from both the Big Ten and the SEC, we're not looking to add more. You know who said that? The Big Ten literally the day before they added USC and UCLA. Yeah. So I don't want to hear it. And like it doesn't make It's s- like the golfers going to LIV. I'm yeah. not going to LIV. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's another <laughs> conversation. But uh, uh, I, for, for what it's worth, I am actually less LIV skeptical than you might think. Really? And uh, not because I think it's good or like Saudi Arabia is awesome. <laughs> I just think because both those, none of those things are true. But like at a certain level... Like the next major is April. True. We're not going to talk about the rest of the world is not going to talk about this till April, which means they're just going to. But the the, 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 the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. The, the the captain of the Ryder Cup team got uh, like, yeah yeah like, Stinson left. yeah I saw yeah. that so like at a certain level but like they're like very briefly on the LA tour. For those people that are WWE fans, I'm not a WWE fan, but if you're a WWE fan, this can't be a surprise to you. They've been a part of Saudi, Saudi... Like, literally, during the Royal Rumble, they ran a four-minute video saying, you know what place is a great place to live and is great to women? Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, like, because they've... Because the WWE has long been a part. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. They're long, the, the, most, the highest paid horse race is the Saudi Cup. Soccer, Newcastle United, they're in the Premier League. Guess who owns them? The Saudi Arabian government. Uh-huh. Like, like, but that's the thing is that's exactly what they're trying to do with this. That, that's that's the plan. so they're kind of making it the Premier League. They're, basically, what they're trying—not so much that as much as they're trying to be like. I, I the joke I made in my New York Magazine piece was about this. Is I know a lot of people have been like, I don't care about Phil Nicholson. I don't care about so and so. But like, the it's the diehard joke. It's like. Yeah, but eventually I'm going to get to someone who you do care mm-hmm. about. And, like, yeah, Cam Smith, who just won the Open Championship. Yeah. I mean, eventually you're going to want to watch these guys if you're fans of these guys. And they're getting paid so much money. And and David Faraday left. And I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings about this, but you know what golfers play golf for? Money. Mm-hmm. That's why they play golf. <laughs> they play golf for money. They do not play golf to make political statements about international affairs. Yeah. They play golf to make money. And oh, so, we could do a whole podcast on Golf. I didn't yeah. know you were such a, a golf. Savant. I've had to really the, the, You've had I, to study up on it. I've had to, this LIV thing is a huge, huge story, and because it, it goes beyond just golf, right? Like again, Newcastle. Yeah. Like I'll put it this way, Newcastle. I, I bet most people don't even know that Newcastle United is owned by the Saudi Arabian government. No idea. And uh, it I'm just today years old. Yeah, it, 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 just, it just happened. It just happened last year. But like, they're going to be in the Premier League. My Arsenal team's going to play them, and I'm not going to be watching that go, game being like. I cannot believe we are supporting the Saudi Arabian regime. Do you know their history on human rights abuses? I mean, like, for crying out loud, not to get political, but if, like, Biden's giving the guy a fist pound, how, how much can I really, like, <laughs> like, make a big a moral statement about this? So, like, you know, I, I, and I think sports, how much is a sports fan? Am I supposed to make a big sport moral statement about this? So I know that's off topic, but I but I but I do think that like there is something, ultimate, I, the ultimate point of this is sports fans just want to watch sports. They just want to watch sports, and they want to have it be connected to something that they care about. I, I joked about the in-game capitalism, uh, late-stage capitalism mm-hmm. joke. That's clearly what LIV, the, the LIV tour is. Yeah. It's the idea like, yeah, I know there's this thing that you've cared about for a long time, but we have a lot of money, so we're just going to do what we want to do and mess up the thing that you care about. And that's I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating for a lot of golf fans. It's also kind of fundamentally honest in a way that is depressing because it pulls back the sheet, right? It pulls, it pulls back the idea that like, yeah, it's actually always, they've, they've never, like one of the reasons they love winning majors so much is you get more money when you win a major. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sorry, but it's true. Like they want, they want the honor. They like to be able to, to have the trophy. Of course, everybody wants to win and they want to win the bigger events than the smaller events. 
but like they're literally ind- independent contractors. They are trying to get money and they're going to go to the things that give them more money. That's what we're seeing with college football. We're seeing universities and university presidents and conferences being like, what will get us the most money, not what's good for this sport. And uh, I, we, I will see. I hope I'm a Cassandra on this. And in 20 years, we're like, when we were so worried about that, mm-hmm. it turned out great. I hope that's the case. Uh, but if I were Kansas State, Iowa State, um, North Carolina State, mm-hmm. like um, Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia Tech, I feel like there'll be a place for Georgia. Tech. Maybe there'll be a place for Georgia Tech. But um, but if I'm Oregon State or Washington State, I'd be really really worried. Yeah, you can pretty much predict. You know, if Mississippi State was not in the SEC already. They would be on it's any any of these yeah. schools that are kind of on that tertiary yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guarantee you, Northwestern is doing backflips that they're in the Big Ten right now because no one went Northwestern. Like they're basically Duke, and Duke could be in trouble. Duke could be in legitimate trouble on this. So Stanford, someone had a great point about this today. The idea that like Stanford to me, like Stanford, didn't they win the didn't they win the whatever the cup is called? The, the, yeah, the Sears or not what, Sears whatever the cup, the one, the one that wins yeah, the most championships. The most championships yeah. are out, yeah. and they, I think they've won it for like a lot of years. Yeah, because they have like twenty seven yeah. sports. But but clearly they're like a big sports school. Like, yeah, and they're and they're Stanford. Like Tiger Woods went. They there. were in the College World Series. Yeah, like they're a big deal, but like they don't. A, they don't scale large like uh, USC or or or, or UCLA. Two, they actually are like a private, really, really good school. And at a certain level, you can see them ultimately being like, okay, so I think, I'm, I, I think this is actually from Stuart Mandel's piece. So if, I, 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 if I'm – but basically he said, if there's ever a school that's going to say, you know what, is it really the best thing for us to have our volleyball team in Piscataway on a Tuesday during the school year? Right. Maybe we just won't be a part of this. And – that it's, just, it's something you should be worried. I yeah. think it's something for those schools. The non-revenue sports is yeah. what's a real head scratch. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. But I mean, we'll college see. basketball. Do you have to be worried about college basketball? Yeah, because yeah, they're playing on a Tuesday night at nine p.m. It's one thing if you're Kentucky and Athens and oh, you yeah. got to head back. I mean, for kind of like, how frustrating is it if you're Kansas? Like Kansas is the premier uh, with Kentucky and Duke, the uh, the premier college basketball school. But because they're bad in college football, nobody cares. <laughs> and so they and are they going to be left? To play in the Mountain West when this is over, I mean, it's and it's all it. The, it's just about TV money. It's so weird to think of all this vast spectrum of awesome things that go on in, in sports, from tailgating to to watching to recruiting to all the wonderful things that we talk about in this podcast. We love about college sports. It does, none of it matters. All that matters is how good a TV ratings you get. Yeah, that's and that's really unfortunate. Also, with the SEC uh, game of the week, the CBS game going to ESPN, people are worried: Are they going to take the music? Because that's what evokes those emotions when you hear the. Dun, 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 dun. I know. I you know, know. I mean, it's it's things like that that you're speaking to that you changing. don't realize in the cloud of dust that's kicked up with all of this expansion. Fortunately, the rest of the world is remaining very stable during True. this tumultuous time in college football. Well, do you want to get into some uniform talk? Oh, since yes. Tony's not here. I, kind of, I have to tell you, mm-hmm. we have, it's been so long since we've talked, I've kind of missed uniform talk. Yeah. So I've got uniform talk for college football, for NFL, and baseball. I, have, I definitely have some baseball thoughts. So where would you like to start? Let's stick with college football to, 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 so we can transition easily into other sports. Okay. We can start with college football. And so, 
If we're starting with college football, I'm going to really shrink this down to Georgia football. Because remember when Arch Manning was being recruited earlier this spring mm-hmm. and he I had do. not chosen I Texas yet? Uh, there was a leaked photograph that was out. Well, it wasn't leaked. It was taken of him uh, with a white Georgia helmet, white tops, and white pants. What was your take on that? <laughs> you, I know you saw it, yeah, right? Yeah. If you were to see Georgia run out versus Alabama wearing a white helmet <laughs> with white jersey and, a, and white pants, what would you think? I feel like I'm, I'm watching a ghost football team. I'm watching the 19... The, the, they've come back to the 1942 Georgia National Championships champions, and they've come back to uh, play. A little bit like the way Illinois runs the, wears those galloping uh, uh-huh. the red-green jerseys. Yeah. It looked weird. So... I saw, you know, I kind of scrolled through Twitter when that kind of hit that day and was reading the reactions and everything. And it, I would think that it was more 60 40 people saying, like, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care for it. So here's my official take on the white uniforms you've got white pants and white jersey in the fold, you've got red pants and red jersey in the fold, mm-hmm. and you've got black pants and a black jersey in the fold. You could run out any combo of those tops and bottoms that you want on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. Don't touch the helmet. Yeah. Right. That's Don't fair. change right, the, right, right, the helmet. Right, right. May, okay. If you, I would allow maybe a gray face mask if they wanted to get kind of funky with right, it, but right, don't right. put a white helmet on. I thought Wes Blankenship had the best tweet of that day where he retweeted it and said, it looks like a high school team. Yeah. And it kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it looks I've, like, a, like it are almost like uh, when you start a team in a video game, and they have no logos, and they're just like like before you make a logo, that's what they look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and let Penn State do Penn State, yeah. let Texas do white helmets. Penn State, they're fine at it. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I say no to the the Georgia white helmet. And the reason why that I don't really want anything done with the helmet is I'm going to show you two images. Okay, one image is from October 31st, 2009. Okay. October 31st, that tells you what game it was. Mm-hmm. So Georgia, Florida, 2009, Georgia rolled out. And that was in Jacksonville, right? Because in, that's where it's going to stay it, moving forward. It was right? in Jacksonville. Speaking of things that Kirby Smart talked about at SEC Media Day. So if you yeah, look, right. okay, this we'll was uh, Georgia okay. yeah. and Joe Cox mm-hmm. facing Tim Tebow in Florida. Florida won 41-17 to 17 that game. And I game. think they deserved to. Yeah, they, they wore the black helmets. They had... Uh, black pants. Black pants with the red-white stripes. Yeah. and then White jersey. The yeah. worst part about it was that it was a red face mask. Yeah, that is weird. It's just so jarring. It reminds so, me a little bit of like when you, like when you, when you play a video game and you can do like, here's the 70s jersey, here's the 90s jersey, but you decide to use the 90s jersey, the 70s pants, right. the current helmet, and it just looks weird. Yeah. And like, like, think about what they did in the COVID year when they rolled out against Arkansas with the red pants, the white top, and the red helmet. I mean, it looked amazing. And that's, that goes back to what I'm saying. You can have any jersey combination you want. Just don't change the helmet. So, yeah, Will, one more photo to kind of illustrate. I mean, it looks like Grambling. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, with Which I, I love Grambling, but it shouldn't be Grambling. But, you know, Georgia, Green Bay, and Grambling are the only ones with that G. Yeah. And I think people that day, uh, Twitter was not as big back then yeah. in 2009. But, um, yeah, I think people were, were commenting that. I can tell it wasn't that big, but I think because I remember enjoying life. <laughs> so, another photo. This was September yeah. 4th, 2011. It was Georgia versus Boise State in the Dome. 
Yes. I remember I had my five-year-old son, Jack. He was five. He's not five anymore. He's 16. <laughs> um, but I was carrying him all around Marta and everything. And he loved the game. And he couldn't care less about the, the uniforms that day. But I was kind of aghast by it. I think these are like notoriously awful. These right? are the right. worst, right. These are the worst uh, uniforms ever. And they lost the game 35-21. to 21. Uh, they played terrible. They were never really in it. They made a late rally I at watched the end. This game. I watched this game. And those helmets are terrible. But that was back when Nike... Was yeah. calling the shots with the pro combat yeah, yeah, yeah. uniforms. So, um, so anyway, that's belaboring the point on Georgia uniform. That, that that's pretty much the statement. Wear whatever jersey and pant combination you want. Keep the helmet the same. And I hope that our listeners agree with me. This is, that is it. Uh, it is an eyesore. Yeah, it's it's, it's terrible. Really, truly terrible. Um, so the other thing that we could talk about is what's exciting to me is the City Connect uniforms. Mm. Um, and I started thinking about this because I was watching the All-Star game. and Which was fun and then stopped being Stopped fun. being fun. Yeah, when Acuna <laughs> hit his double, then he scored. Yeah. And, um, and I, love when they, I love it when they mic up the guys. Yeah. Big fan of the mic. I, I, they've never mic'd up a pitcher before. And Alec Manoa from mm-hmm. the for the Blue Jays was a blast. I did not know that that was a phrase they did in baseball. Don't Soto me. Because, of course, Soto does that thing where he, like, after he takes a pitch for a ball, he grabs himself and, like, makes a whole spectacle of himself. And I always, like, I feel like it's fine, but I can understand why players would get annoyed by it. Yeah. And so when Acuna, he's like, don't Soto me. And I was like, oh, that is. (laughs) Are players saying that all the time? Don't Soto me? Is Soto a verb? That's awesome. The interesting thing was that historically – Major League Baseball play or major Major League All Stars have worn their own jersey, whether they're the home team or the away team, and that's always been one of those cool things about yeah. it that you know has never changed until, until the last, last year, year yeah, yeah. which when when they played it last year it was an abomination. Yeah. Jer- the jersey was terrible; it looked like something out of like a mid nineties, yeah. whatever. And the all the hats had a little shade of purple in it because yeah. it was in Colorado, yeah. uh, but this year. As much as I've always liked them wearing, you know, like the Cardinals wearing their red Cardinals yeah, yeah. and the Braves. They were better this year. I thought they looked really good. I, I thought go the far. National I thought League. Yeah. I didn't like the American Agreed. League. Agreed. I mean, the white, it just looks better on white. The gold on the yeah, white looked, yeah. I thought for a special game, that looked really cool. You know, the, the question I had was the home run derby, they wore their regular uniforms. Yeah. And I think, and listen, the reason they do that is just like everything we've been talking about in this podcast, they can sell more stuff if they give them new jerseys. And because uh, in the past, they've worn their jersey in the game, but there's still been an all star jersey right. it's been a warm-up jersey right and now it's 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 worth noting that the one thing i also did like about their jerseys i don't they've not done this before they had the star with the number of times that the player has made the all-star game. okay that's new that's, they i did that notice before. the star on the hat there's a star on the, on the sleeve that says how many like pools had an 11 on there wow goldschmidt had a five i didn't on know there. i didn't pick up it was on very that. cool I, yeah. I thought that was it reminded me a little bit of it's like regalia team. yeah or like it's like soccer team soccer team's for the number of you get a star for every time you've won your league, like Atlanta United has a star now on their jerseys because they won the MLS Cup. That I like that. Like the the women's national team, I believe has four, four or five. They have like there you you know specifically when the like if you buy one of the jerseys, you know specifically when the jersey was. If you have Atlanta United jersey from before two thousand the two thousand eighteen MLS Cup, there's no stars. If you have one after the two thousand eighteen MLS Cup, there's a star on it. It shows it. They've won one. I well, like I, and I can I appreciate stuff like that because like we went to one of the first games of the season and we bought a Duval jersey that was trimmed in gold. Oh yeah, that's the championship jerseys. Championship, yeah. championship, championship jerseys. Yes. So um, I always think those are both 
ugly and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they're the only team that can have the gold. Exactly. Right that started with the Cardinals in 2012. Yeah. They actually did start with the Cardinals in 2012. So then, then that transitions into City Connect. Um, that started back in 2021. Cardinals have not done this. <laughs> Neither of the and, Braves. And li- I, I can see the Braves. I bet the Cardinals don't do it. Cardinals are very buttoned up. So 14 stuff. teams mm-hmm. have done the City Connect. And I won't go through all of them, but I wanted to describe or show you or tell you my favorite ones uh one of them happened last year my favorite one was the white Sox. yeah with yeah. the south side it was all black yeah. a little bit of white trim i it looked, thought it looked, looked really like an good. old like nwa video it looked awesome yeah, except, it, except for tony Larusa wore it <laughs> <laughs> did not look like someone from the nwa was that video. back when he was uh giving intentional walks to oh, guys he's still doing that strikes. he's still doing that it was funny to watch him in that jersey yeah it's just like yeah yeah i, I like that was my favorite and then earlier this year, uh, the Nationals with the cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's maybe a bit much for me. But, I kind of like but, that, yeah. you know. And even the hat with the yeah. with the block W yeah. has cherry blossoms blossoms on it. And then my, my kind of my low key favorite is the Angels. They're Surf City. Yeah, uh, City Connect. It looks very similar to the ones that they wear. But I think maybe what I like was the promo piece where they shot it at the beach. Yeah. And, you know, Mike Trout's holding a surfboard. I, I find it telling, however, that, like, I feel like one of the reasons we really hate Georgia when they, do, when they mess up, like, with the Boise State game mm-hmm. is because Georgia is a classic college football Correct. franchise. So you don't want to get too cute. Oregon, do whatever weird stuff you want to do with Oregon. Right. That's kind of how I feel about baseball. The Cardinals haven't done it. The Yankees haven't done it. Uh, like they're not gonna, like you're, Boston the, did it. The, the, uh, Boston did it, but Boston is like they'll sell it. It's not nailed down. <laughs> I always thought it was like UCLA. Yeah. It was like blue and gold. Yeah, it looked bad. It, it looks like bad. a Bruins. Hat. But and I don't think people liked it. And I don't think they'll do it again. But like the Cubs, like the Cubs, the Cubs did it. But like, but they're another franchise, frankly, that will sell anything that's not nailed down. But the Yankees haven't done it. The Cardinals haven't done it. So the you've Giants got Giants haven't done it. The Giants have done it. They have done it. What yeah, they do? it looks like this. The orange. Oh, yeah, I hated that one, too. Yeah. I hated that one, too. Um, the Brewers, it looks pretty awful. Um, I, like, okay. I like the Los Dodgers, the all-blue. Yeah, I like the Los Dodgers, yeah. Um, and then Wrigleyville for the Cubs. Yeah. Kansas City, it just looks like a, a, a design. A, a guy went ham on a design <laughs> and, and changed some We're colors. We're Kansas City. Nobody's watching. Yeah, nobody cares. Um, the Brewers is pretty awful. They, they got rid of their uh, iconic mitt in the hat with the double mm-hmm. entendre meaning. But uh, Houston was cool as Space City, but uh, these are the types of things that I will search the internet about. Have you seen San Diego's? Just yeah. go look look San Diego City Connect uniforms up. It, it's not great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that yeah. kind of concludes the baseball episode of it. So yeah. Yeah. the other thing that I'm excited about as we kind of wrap up this, uh, this show is the NFL. The NFL is finally allowing... Uh, the teams to have a second helmet mm-hmm. this year, whereas it was uh, they used to let them have more than one helmet until 2013. But they said the NFL ended that policy because they were afraid it would be too damaging uh, potentially for injuries uh, with a with a player not having the same helmet. So I, th- I thought that was funny that they were worried that you know yeah, like, maybe it doesn't fit as well. Yeah, if you paint the outside of it, it changes the inside of it. But they were it? using completely different helmets. But yeah. Um, but yeah, this year 
they are allowing a second helmet. So you can imagine the Falcons are bringing back the red helmet. The giant. I thought the Giants are bringing back the old the Giants, Giants script, which I love. Yes, I love. from, from like be, the Mark Bavaro. That used era. to be Illinois script. That used to say they the Correct. same script. Yeah, it was very very cool. Yeah, Illinois should do that again. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it was kind of that like was with the, the last Bengals. Time they were, that was the last time they were consistently good. So um, yes, the Saints are going to have a reversed helmet. It's going to be black. Oh, okay. The Panthers are going to have a black helmet. Okay. Um, the Bills are going to bring back that Marv Levy era, Andre oh, Reid yeah. era That's great. red helmet. That's great. That's great. Um, the Patriots are going to have... The, the guy hiking the ball? Absolutely. <laughs> You're going to see um, more of the, the creamsicle mm-hmm. with, uh, with Tampa. The Seahawks, think of Steve Largent. Oh, yeah, the one that wraps the all the way around. Because their yeah. they're, they're, uh, color rush uniform is especially yeah. jarring on TV. I feel like all the color the color rush uniforms always look – I don't get it. Don't but then you got the Eagles bringing back the Kelly Greens. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. So. I, and, and that is – and listen, this is also part of American culture right now. Nostalgia is like, – yeah. it's all very stranger things, really. Yeah, no, no, no like everybody loves, everybody loves that sort of – it's all very stranger things. It's all very Top Gun Maverick. Right, like we all like to relive this, and as I get older, I find myself both resistant of, but also finding it's kind of wonderful when it hits mm-hmm. just right. That's why I liked about Top Gun Maverick so much, right? Like, did you see it? Oh, I saw, I saw it. I want to see it again. It's like really fun. It was, and fun. I, it's it's total nostalgic. Like, mm-hmm. don't you remember when it was all like this? But it's done so when it's done well. It's really like when it's done poorly. It's like, hey, I remember the '80s. It's ugly and crappy. But when you do it right, like that. It's a very happy. When they I pulled out I, the old F fourteen. Oh man! I and I will watch. Like I will watch when the when the Giants wear those helmets and mm-hmm. those uniforms. I will absolutely watch. I know you saw the video introducing him. LT was in it. Yeah. Like it was very cool. It'd be cool if they were playing the Bills oh, and yeah. the Bills oh. wore their red. Oh. But uh, but yeah, I think and and one other thing as we end this show, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the block letters are coming back for the Georgia uniforms. No more of that bulldog bold. Right. right. Uh, our, our sponsor, Chase Kelly, the 7-6 apparel, he has... Former quarterback for Michigan. <laughs> maybe. He has <laughs> he has very strong opinions on the block letters. We should actually maybe get him I would. I have to say, you, you need to do that. a specific... Like, I, I don't know what the stomach people will have for like a pure... I did that show. when Georgia did. Uh, oh, you mean a sponsor show? You I did should like literally show. just talk to him about uniforms for a half an hour. Oh, I, I would love that. I'm <laughs> like, sure I he would that, too. I think. Well, we'll see. You can check the download numbers and see what the people, <laughs> yeah. no one else likes it. But uh, I think that would be really fun. Yeah, but, it would. But this was fun. This yeah. was fun. Even we missed Tony, but we kind of felt like Tony was yeah. with us a little bit. And and we saved some topics for the next show, including what Kirby Smart said at SEC Media Days, which is that he would he went officially on record saying he wants the games played at campus. Uh, between Florida and Georgia, he did that. He did. He said that today. Mm. You've always kind of got a sense that he would. He's always kind of leaned that way because he talks about recruiting, recruiting. Yeah. Uh, and but he went on record today, which is probably not a coincidence. He did the year after he won the national championship, and is the year he has maximum power. That's right. So uh, I, I, I uh, well, I'm curious as someone that's literally never been to a Jacksonville game. Um, I am curious what people's thoughts about that, and I, but I feel like that's a conversation. Tony will have very strong opinions. Tony, on that. Tony's got to be here for that one. Tony's got to be here for that. Yeah. One. So okay, so I think that we are close enough now to where we can start. Like we'll, we'll put together our schedule. We are now back. Yeah. Like well, I, I got that. We all uh, Robert Wolf. We got your we got your <laughs> your your Twitter. We got your tweet, and you're right. You're right. Uh, so, but, but, uh, we're going to be back. We're like, this is it. I'm ready. I'm traveling. I'm, I'm traveling a lot less this fall. So, uh, I, there should be less headaches. 
I'm ready to get back into this. I mean, it's. I mean, my kids are back to school in like a, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, that's how you know this is it's coming. It is. It is. I, I'm, I'm ready to. I'm ready to to listen to Tony's uh, soliloquy about three more, three or four more times, and that's going to get me in the, Be ready in, the right, to a wall. in the right mindset. Yep. Um, all right. Well, Scott, it's been awesome back, back getting back going, and uh, I'm ready to get to let's get this let's get this party started going again. I'm still not entirely. Re- I'm to be honest. I'm still not ready to run through a wall. I'm still a little bit like, hey, they won it's a still championship. Still July, still, and, and, they, and it's still like, hey, they won the national championship. You Pretty to, cool. And you get to practice in week zero to, of running through a wall. It for is your team. worth noting again that I don't know how um, how many people talk to that like are not from the south or know anything about this at all. Every time I talk to someone mm-hmm. anymore, they bring up all the time. Oh wow, they must be dancing in the streets down there. Still. It comes up every time I talk to if I if I've not talked to someone I I just recently did an interview with someone uh, Mark Leibovich who wrote a great book that just came out uh, I did an interview with him and I had not ta- spoken to him in 2022 mm-hmm. and so he was like wow like are they still drunk in the streets down there it was the first thing he said wow like it is like it is that is and he the guy lives in Washington D C and is a Red Sox fan <laughs> so he has no connection to the South whatsoever and it was literally the first thing he he asked me he was like so are they still losing their minds down there so no the rest of the country understands what this meant at least in a superficial. Uh, surface level um all right well we'll be back uh probably not next week but i would guess probably in the next couple of weeks uh we'll we'll be back going yeah early august early august and then i think we're going to probably be on a weekly schedule by then so oh we have to be be. right going because we got games all right uh have a good one otherwise uh, hey go dogs go dogs it's weird we did to say it i know (laughs) i have to when tony's like Thanks so much for listening. Like I mentioned during the episode, we'll have some exciting promotions, giveaways, and more with 7-6 Apparel throughout this Georgia football season. Make sure to check out the76.com and follow them and us on social media. We'll have all the links to the websites and social media in the show notes of this episode. And we'll be back with another show in early August. But until then, hope you enjoy the rest of your summer vacations, and we'll see you on campus very, very soon. The 2022 college football season is in our sights. And as always, go dogs.